So when we think of ideas for these minisodes, and by the way, we've been getting a lot of really great feedback on the minisode. So first a shout out to like everyone in the community that have been telling us that these minisodes are really fun because I love doing them. I know Joss loves doing them. And we've just been hearing that we're hopefully answering some of your questions. Today's topic is not so and really anyone asked for, but it's a topic that actually we recently found out literally as of yesterday that we're very passionate to talk about. So, I mean, as if people don't know what the title is from clicking on it. <laughs> Joss, what's the title of the episode? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, like you were saying, we are very passionate about this topic and I, it's not something we've ever talked about before throughout our friendship, which is really, really interesting. And the fact that we're, we both have such strong feelings about it, I think will be, will make for a really good conversation. It is, we're talking about our relationship with food, the highs, the lows of it. We both have a history or a past with like a love-hate relationship with food for like different reasons. We're just going to get down to it because I, you know, I don't think this is something a lot of people talk about. No. And actually when I was thinking about this recording today, I was like, I know we've said some vulnerable things on the podcast. Truthfully, this might be the most vulnerable thing for me anyways, because it's attached to a lot of emotions. It's attached to a lot of body issues. It's attached to just so many other things in my life when I was younger and my life now. So um, yeah, I'm really, really curious because I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about our food relationships when we were younger and then what they are now. And mm -hmm. like when we were younger, we, again, we were together when probably a lot of this stuff that we're going to talk about happened and not knowing either side of it or each other's side mm -hmm. of it is interesting. So Joss, let's start with our like first question is how would you define your, define your relationship with food now? I have a genuine love hate relationship with food. I love food. I love eating. I have never been one to maintain a diet or cut anything out of my diet. Never, never successfully. Um, I've tried many things, but I love eating so much. The reason that I have a hate relationship is because there are a lot of foods that I should not be eating and I can't, not that I can't eat, but I shouldn't be eating. So um, I, if we're talking about vulnerability, I suffer from, you know, like hormonal acne, um, which is hormonal acne and also adult acne, which is caused by a lot of the things that I eat. And there are so many things I could cut out that would make my life easier. I can't do it. I really can't do it. It's so hard for me. So that's where the hate comes in. Um, but we'll get to all of that. What about you, Jen? What's your present day relationship with food? Present day. Uh, and I will say my relationship with food probably changes every single month. Um, and that's just because I go through waves of things that I can and can't eat. So um, I'm very fortunate to have uh, ongoing gut issues. Anyone who knows me knows it's a big part of my life that like four years ago or so, um, I found out I was lactose intolerant and sensitive to a lot of different foods like gluten. And I say that like with like a little bit of like, I almost want to cover my face when I say it because I was so embarrassed of it for a while because it's the kind of thing that I've haven't come to a solution 
like it hasn't fully come to a solution at this point in my life. And that's just because, um, you know, if you have ongoing gut issues, they, you have flare ups and you have things that kind of come and go. Um, so my relationship with, uh, with food is that food definitely defines a lot of my day in the sense that if I'm having like a bad gut week or month or something, it will very easily put me into a good or bad mood. And that's hard because it, like, you know, I had, a, I had my naturopath tell me that she's like so much, so much connection between the gut and the brain, like it's there. Like there's really so much connection between the gut and the brain. So if you're not fully there with your gut, you're probably not going to be there mentally. So, and that's personal opinion. That's not a general blanket statement, but um, yeah, I, I, my relationship with food is that I really do love it. I love it, but I also struggle to find things I can eat. And that is really, really hard. And it's something that I will probably deal with for most of my life. And I'm okay with that. I've come to terms with it because I, it makes me, it made me more in touch of with, with my body, which is, you know, fun. Yeah. I also think that the terms like gluten-free or like dairy-free, vegan, like all of these things have become trends mm-hmm. as of the past few years. Whereas you have a genuine intolerance, whereas a lot of people are just like, I don't want to eat gluten. I don't want to have cheese or dairy because, you know, for what, like weight, you know, they just want to like lose weight or they just want to keep up this Mm -hmm. fad diet. You know, I just feel like it's become this lifestyle that is not about a medical issue. Um, so that's really interesting that you genuinely cannot have these things. Like what are your thoughts on this trend of being gluten-free? It's annoying. I get why people do it though. I get it. I get it. Cause like, for sure, you don't eat bread. You will not be as bloated. For sure. Like that's, that's, that will, that will likely happen. Um, because our bodies struggle with that, struggle to break these things down sometimes. So I don't like the fact that, um, I don't like the fact that it's kind of been blown out of proportion a little bit. Not saying it's not a big deal because it is. I am not allergic to these things, but I am sensitive to them. And I think some people don't understand that kind of difference. Like if you go to a restaurant and I'm like, oh, and I look at a, at a menu and they have gluten-free pasta, let's say, I'm like, sweet, I can get gluten-free pasta. And then when I go to order, they're like, oh, is it a preference or is it an allergy? And I'm like, it's a preference. And I'm like, right there, they're kind of um, devaluing you know, what you just said, because they're like, oh, it's kind of not real because I won't die from it if you use the same cutting board, which is why I won't say it's an allergy, but it's still something that's a big deal to me. And I, but I don't want that to be kind of blown out of proportion, which again, goes back to me being kind of embarrassed by it for a while. Now I'm just like, whatever, this is what I have to deal with. All of my friends know about it. My friends tell me when we, when we go out for dinner, they're like, are you bringing your dairy pills today? <laughs> like, I love that we're in this together because they know that like when that happens, I become a lot, I become miserable. Like if I, if, if, if I go out to dinner and I get sick at dinner, which no matter what sometimes does still happen, it's, it's kind of just what happens. And then you kind of learn from it and you kind of say, you know, that I won't do that again. But anyways, we'll get into kind of more of life now later on in the episode. But Joss, how has your relationship with food changed from when you were younger? So like, what was younger you thinking about food? I, I, when I was younger, I, um, front facing, 
I would eat everything and anything. I was the type of person that would make chocolate chip cookies with like Oreos inside of them. And I had like a major sweet tooth. I still do. But nobody knows that I was, you know, I've never even said this. I've never told this to another soul. So the fact that I'm saying this now on a podcast is like very strange for me. But I was like what you could call like borderline anorexic. And when I say borderline, I mean, I don't think I I ate. I definitely ate. So I can't say I was anorexic, but I was very much trying to starve myself um, because I just had this image of, you know, and I think around this time, I don't know what year it was, like 2003, four, whatever, when we were like late elementary school, early high school, this was when like Lindsay Lohan um, was like super, super skinny. Like Hillary Duff became like super skinny at a certain point. Like Nicole Richie lost a lot of weight. And like I was the type of person that was very influenced by like paparazzi photos and like magazines and like all of these girls, women. Like I remember the photos were like, they would always wear like silk like camis and they were like yeah. so skinny <laughs> with like jean shorts and Uggs. And I was like, oh my God, they're so skinny. Like that's what I want to be. And I felt fat. Like, and which is horrible to say because I was, I am, I was not, I am not. Um, but that's how I felt. I felt so guilty. Anytime I ate food, I tried to be bulimic because I felt like that would be easier. Could not make myself throw up. Like could not for the life of me. I just, I don't know, can't do it. But um, but I tried those things and I felt guilty anytime I ate something, but I continued to eat all the things. So I just like felt bad anytime I ate something. Now I definitely am different, but that was how I was like in my teens. Um, do you think that you yeah. were also influenced by like not only your, obviously your, your like people you saw in the media, but like people around you because like, I think we didn't really grow up in a school that had, well, especially in elementary school, high school was different, but elementary school specifically, where people had a lot of different body types. And I don't think we saw a lot of, a lot of, you know, that it was okay to have more weight on you. I don't think we saw any kind of role model of that sort because of the media. So would you say it was also kind of like, you know, what's in front of you on the TV, but also what's around you? Yeah, absolutely. I also danced. So Mm, I, yeah, I went to, so on top of everyone in our elementary school being pretty much the same body type, um, which was small. In addition to that, after school, I would go to dance and there were just like tiny, tiny girls. And I'm talking about, we were like 13, 14, obviously they're small. Um, you know, like majority of them were small. And I was considered one of the larger ones in the class, which is in- insane, which is so insane. It's ridiculous. But yes, 100% the people around me played factor into how I saw myself. What about you? Again, like we were talking, I said this before, like we were dealing with very different things at the same time. And I think it's just so interesting now that like 20 years later, we're like, um, what were we doing? One thing I was definitely dealing with was, um, on the other spectrum of it is, uh, binging. Um, and mm. I think, I mean, what you're saying is like, you kind of were too, obviously, like probably getting really hungry, starving yourself and then needing to kind of fill up and probably, binge from there and then kind of like you were mentioning like you know bulimia and things like that and and maybe maybe i'll just say like we didn't have 
diagnosed eating disorders, but Mm -hmm. we're just looking at kind of the situation now years later and kind of looking at what we could recognize. So I could totally recognize binging as something that I did where like emotions would come over me and I'd be like, I want to eat a cookie. And I dealt with that when I was younger. I dealt with that when I like all through my twenties, I deal with it now. It's something that never really has left me. What has definitely come now is that I just have a super awareness of it. I know exactly what I'm doing when I do it and, and the emotions that are tied to it. But yeah, when I was like, like, you know, younger, like 12, 13, I was getting bigger than all of my friends at the time. I was definitely getting bigger because I was just growing, you know, I was going through puberty. I was developing. And then I think we got to a point where we were like 16 and I realized that I was so much bigger than my friends. Uh, you know, you go to, you go, like I, I played hockey for years and I never noticed how much bigger I was because I was still athletic and I was still able to, you know, do sports and everything like that. But I just realized that like, I just didn't have the same kind of thing. And actually when I was in grade nine and you do the, like um, the beep test and like you do like your BMI mm-hmm. and all of those mm-hmm. things, my BMI told me that I was like obese at like, I don't even know. I want to say like 150 pounds, 160 pounds as like a 15 year old. And the like emotions that come with that made me very much, you know, look at food and say food is the problem. And, Mm -hmm. and, but then again, I didn't know what the solution was, right? Because, um, part of it was also because I have a mother that's always been very small. I have a sister that's always been really small. So me being kind of the only female in my family um, and looking into my extended family that looked the way that I did, I thought I had a problem. I thought that I was, you know, you, you have these images and again, you think that food is the problem, but also what is the solution? And I don't think I knew what the solution was. I also think that nowadays and maybe it's because of social media and social media was not a thing when we were younger mm-hmm. um well it was just shitty social think, media because it was like myspace yeah yeah i think there are pros and cons to social media now the the pro is that there are a lot of women um girls men anyone of different sizes that are owning the fact that they don't fit this like standard um, per- perception of like what you're supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we had that when we were younger. And I think we thought, yeah, food was the problem. We did not think, okay, people just have different body types. Like that was never a thing that I thought of. Like just because one person is super skinny doesn't mean the other person has to be. Cause I, I, we didn't, we didn't have that bo- body positivity that we do now. Mm-hmm. I think we still have work to do. Still yes. have work to do. But I think that's also a factor. So when you don't understand those things, you're like, of course, it's because I'm eating too much. It's because I'm not exercising. You just don't know any better. Yep, for sure. For sure. And also, like, I think part of it was that, like, you just, you, th- you, you think that you have to compare yourself to the people around you so much. Like, I 100% compared myself to you probably for a long time being like, why are we the same age? Why are we the same height? But like our bodies are completely differently, completely different. And I think one thing I see now is that a lot of people, and I don't know like who, if maybe I'm just seeing a lot of this, but like on, especially on TikTok, I'm seeing people who are like sharing their weight and, mm-hmm. and what they look like. And 
two people can have the exact same weight, but be different heights, have, you know, be fuller in different areas. And weight to me in my, in my head now kind of doesn't mean really mean anything because like you could be a certain weight, but be, but look completely different. Like one of my really good friends and I, we are the exact same size, like, you know, in stores, but our bodies are very different and we're full in different and, and different spots that like, yeah, we're the same size, but it's going to fit people completely differently. Yeah. And also something that, you know, with food is that I always was under the perception that the less food I ate, the skinnier I would be. I never thought of maybe I just eat healthier. It was just like, I'm going to continue to eat like burgers and cakes and stuff, but I'm just going to have like half the quantity. And like, that was also a problem. Like, I don't know. Whereas, I don't know. I just, I was so like living under a rock when it came on, came to all that stuff, which I feel like a lot of young teens are like, they don't think about those things. So what was whatever you were doing, like an effort to be on a diet and like, what were your thoughts on diet culture? What were my, my thoughts before were like, yes, give me all the diets. I like, I remember going to Walmart um, or like the grocery store and seeing like those like diet, like health bars, like Atkins and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get that because that's going to make me lose weight. I don't know what the, I didn't know that was packed with protein and like that would make me fatter. It was like freaking mean girls when she's like eating all like the the calcium bars. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, oh, this is meant for people who need to lose weight. So I'm just going to eat this. Like I actually bought those. Like I didn't tell my parents. Mm -hmm. I was like buying those with my own money and eating them. Um, I was literally, I remember going on Google and like searching like Atkins diet. Like I was obsessed with diet culture. I was like, I will eat anything. Tell me what to eat to look skinny. That was like my motto when I was younger. Diet culture now, I don't like the term diet. I I believe in like eating certain eating certain things to help like your health and whatever like things mm-hmm. you have going on. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I mean, I'm also the person that I will only drink oat milk, but I want extra cheese on my pizza. So it's <laughs> like I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. For you. Um I have like a weird thing with with diets because I have been on some, you know, we all have, let's say, but actually I, when I was a bit younger, I thought I had to go on like a specific diet program to, to help me be skinnier. And it's the kind of thing that like, first of all, has a lot of trauma in my head when I think about it, because I remember very much being like, I don't actually want to do this, but my like people, not people surrounding me, but like, I feel the pressure to do it because other people think I need to be skinnier. And that is something that's really hard to, to even like say out loud because it's the kind of thing I was like, well, if you weren't doing it for yourself, why were, why were you doing it? So anyways, I, I have been on like programs, let's say a few times. One was when we were in high school one was when I was like 19 and one was shortly I didn't know after. any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something that um, I wanted to do at the time. I did. And I definitely wanted to 
um, I wanted to, to do it because I was like, this is a good idea. This is what I need to do. This will, this will make me more beautiful or whatever, which is a whole other like can of worms, right? Like it's just anyways, but I, yeah, I did. I, I've done a few of them, the same one a few times. I'm not going to mention which one because I don't, I don't want to speak specifically of anything, but it's the kind <laughs> of thing where you don't have to, you don't, they're not given exactly like what to eat, but you're given like essentially like a, a program that tells you like how much you can eat in a day and you have to pick foods that can help you like be within a certain range of like food. That's just, it's kind of like counting calories essentially, but um, each food is given like a weighting, like, like a banana is like a one, but like a chocolate chip cookie is like a seven and you have like a certain number of like points that you can accumulate in a day. And I went on that, that a few times. Yeah. Yeah. That um, sounds horrible for a, a teenager. It really, really was. But, you know, I was, I was very much influenced by the people around me. I was influenced by, unfortunately, my parents. And I don't want to say that, that it was, it, no one ever forced me to do it. Um, but I was influenced by my parents that wanted me or thought that I, that I would, would benefit from it. Let's say not. And I don't want to say that it was their fault. It wasn't their fault. Um, but it was the kind of thing where like, you know, they supported me doing it because I wanted to do it. Um, and yeah, I did it a few times and every single time I, uh, you, you do this, it's, I think it's called rebounding where you do the program, lose weight. And then a year later it comes back and more, which basically mm -hmm. tells you that that, that, that diet doesn't work. And that's very, and that's, and that's kind of thing. That's one thing I've learned about these diets is that, if you don't find something that works for you and your lifestyle, like whether it's like a eating the granola bars, drinking milkshakes that are like, you know, zero calories or whatever they are, or any of these programs, if they don't work for you long term and they're not a lifestyle that you want to adopt, it's not going to work for you. And again, this is personal opinion, but this is something that I've seen happen many times. Anyone that's gone on these kind of programs, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this for six months. And I'm going to go back into my other ways. I'm like, you going back into your other ways, unfortunately, almost negates what you have just done because you have picked a program that works for you on a temporary basis and not a long-term thing. I feel like I've been talking for 10 minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, no, that's like, that's actually really insightful. I also didn't know that that was something that you did. I feel like maybe you might've mentioned it in the past, but I didn't know that you were like dedicated to any certain type of program. Yeah. It wasn't um, very long. It wasn't very long, but you probably would have noticed like just physically that there were a couple times where I was definitely, I had gone through this kind of program and I definitely had results from it, but they were not long-term. Mm-hmm. I... Past now looking past high school, um, college, I all of a sudden just embraced all the food. Um, and I was like that person that was eating everything. I was known for my sweet tooth. It was like, oh, like it, just people knew I love to eat and I could eat everything. And I think something that was kind of like detrimental was a lot of people would say, how do you eat the way you eat, but like look the way you do? And I think that is something that is like kind of rude. Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't think about it then. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it now, I think saying stuff like that to people is not 
helpful. Um, No, it's not nice. And I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe I was actually polemic. Like they don't, they don't know that. Mm -hmm. But like to say that to someone, and I think it's comments like that that like make people feel bad about what they eat or make you second guess what you're eating. I don't know. I mean, it was by no means an insult. Like I know that people meant well when Mm -hmm. they were saying it, but I I got that a lot. And I'm realizing that that's not, I don't know, we need to change, change that. I don't know why people think it's okay to say stuff like that. On that same token, well, actually as a concept, no one should Mm -hmm. be telling absolutely anyone what they should or shouldn't be eating doesn't matter if you're doing it out of kindness, you think, or out of better interest, you telling someone who's super, super small, um, you know, how do you eat the way you do and still look the way you do? Um, this is the same thing as like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have as many cookies this time, like, you know, or whatever it is, like, no one should be able to tell absolutely anyone what to eat and what to ingest, even if you're doing it out of a better interest. Um, it's not something anyone should have the right to do and people need to stop doing that. I agree. There's this trend that goes on. I don't know why it's like on my for you page or my like explore page. I think I like searched recipes one time, but I notice a lot of influencers do this thing that's called what I eat in a day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen this, have, but, yeah. and they're mostly healthy things. Um, you know, whatnot. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know you're saying like, oh, nobody should be telling people what to eat. But yet like there's this whole community on, you know, this is how to eat healthy. And like, this is how to like look better. And this is like X, Y, Z. And these like are influencers. They're not health coaches or nutritionists or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But like, what are your thoughts on that culture? I mean, I think it's fine to share what you eat. Um, I just think people who's watching it should have the expectation that even if you're taking that as advice of like, oh, I'll eat that in a day, I will look like this person. No, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing it because you're interested in like recipes, like that to me is the purest form of that kind of like consumption. Cause that's like, oh yeah, that person makes fancy avocado toast or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's fine. I think it would be different. And I don't know if these exist where someone posts like a really unhealthy, what I eat in the, eat in a day, because, um, that would then trigger the kind of sentence that you just said of that, how do you eat that and stay so skinny? Like I bet the comment section section would just absolutely like light up with that. So I think if it's well-intentioned maybe, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, actually I, I had a thought when you're saying this for people that do eat unhealthy, let's say my, let's say my, what, what I eat in a day is uh, waffles, like Eggo waffles for breakfast. And then I get like McDonald's for lunch. And then I have like a pizza at night. Is that bad? I like, is that bad? I don't know. Like, is that, should we frown upon that? Well, I mean, it's a tricky way to answer that question because you made the choice to do it, do whatever you want to do. Like, you know, it's, you look at at that complete liberty. I think I think maybe like the way we're seeing it is that like if you're influencing someone younger to say, don't worry, 
Like I'm also a 15 year old and I can eat all of those things and I don't gain any weight. So don't worry. You won't either. Like as long as it's not kind of like, you know, I guess it are explained in that way where people are going to think that like, you know, do whatever that do whatever I do and you'll be fine. As long as the narrative isn't that, then I think it's fine. But I think the bigger issue is that some, a, a lot of young people just don't understand that everyone's body is different. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. You're, you Like you and your twin sister's body is different. So yeah, you have to look at it that way that if you're consuming this kind of content, don't let it negatively impact you. If it's the kind of thing where you're, you're growing into your body, you're young and you're not sure what it is, or even if you're older and you're still trying to figure out how to eat right. Like don't take anyone else's example as something that could work for you in the same way, just because it is an example. Very good point. In terms of like your present day relationship with food, I could go on about this for forever. So I just like keep like having questions pop up in my head. <laughs> but like, what is like, what do you, how do I, how do I phrase this? Like, do you feel bad if you were to eat junk food? Like, junk food, I say in quotation marks, like, is that, I think I'm trying to understand yours and mine, mm-hmm. my current day relationship with food, because I feel like I have a better grasp on like, yes, I can't eat cookies for breakfast. Like I think like objectively that's an unhealthy Mm -hmm. breakfast, but like, I don't feel bad eating cookies like throughout the day. And I think that that is growth from like when I was younger, because I think that, you know, having McDonald's, having cookies, having pizza or whatever is considered unhealthy. It's considered like not a healthy lifestyle. Whereas I think that there is balance. I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you feel? Like, do you stay away from stuff like that or no. do you feel like you have a, a balance? Literally during this recording, I'm like, should I get McDonald's for dinner? <laughs> and that's just because Same. we're talking about it. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't not eat junk food. Of course I eat junk food. Like I, cause I like junk food and it's delicious and that's me. You, but with that said, I know I can't do it every day because it will impact me negatively um, mentally. And just knowing that like, I'm like, oh, I had McDonald's for, for, for dinner on Monday. Therefore, like, like I got to, you know, cool off and not have anything bad for the rest of the week or whatever it is. Um, so I think, I think um, I don't, I don't beat myself up about that stuff because I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions. It's all about balance, right? That like, if you're having a bad day and you want to eat junk food, eat junk food. If you're having a better day and you want to like have a fantastic salad for dinner, like that's also great as long as you're just taking care of yourself and being mindful of what you need, right? So like, if like, if you just, if you know that you are like low in iron, maybe you know, make those things a priority for you. But at the end of the day, as long as you're taking care of yourself and, and, you know, you're, you're looking into what you actually need to keep yourself as like, you know, a lovely functioning human, do whatever you want. I would never look down on someone for choosing to eat something and then judging them for being like, you should be eating healthier. No, screw that. Do whatever you want. (laughs) I don't know. That's just my thought, but I mean, agreed, agreed. Right. Like, it's just like, we should, Again, yeah. Does it unless matter? you're <laughs> exactly like unless you're someone's doctor, literally, like who cares what anyone else is eating? This is what you, I said before. You, you, yeah, yeah. You, no one has the right to tell anyone else what they should be eating. 
And the same goes for if you want to have McDonald's for dinner. That's all I have to say. Like McDonald's for dinner could be self-care. And frankly, sometimes like literally I have like a trip coming up in like a week where I'm just like, I know I'm getting McDonald's before that trip and after the trip because that is what I want to do. <laughs> um, okay, so like I know we're getting kind of towards the end of the episode, but I wanted to talk a little bit about gut health because I know we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but like there has been such a surge of conversations about gut health and like healthy gut, healthy life. Like, have you seen that? I don't know if it's just me, but I see it everywhere. Yes. And the reason that um, I know about all of this is because like I said, I have, um, you know, I, I do, I'm prone to breakouts when I eat certain foods. So I have to understand and like all of that goes back to your gut health. Also, I am like by no means, like I said, a nutritionist. So like I only know what I know for me. So I cannot, I'm not telling anyone what's up, but um, that's why I know about gut health and like how it stems back to like everything, like your digestion and your skin and your everything. So like, that's why I know about it. And that's why I, I am trying to like better understand like what I can and can't eat. And I will say, if you can't eat certain things, there are always alternatives. There are always like vegan options of things or gluten-free options for things or, you know, all of those things. So I don't actually cut anything out. I just have like alternatives that taste the same. That's my motto. It's like everything, <laughs> everything in moderation because to the, mm -hmm. to the point you just made, yes, there are alternatives, but sometimes they suck. Like, is there an no, alternative had... for cheese? No. I was just going to say, Jen, <laughs> have you had, okay. Cashew milk cheese is absolutely the most disgusting fucking thing I've ever tried in my entire life. <laughs> I think like absolutely, absolutely not. I like no, never, ever. It's so disgusting. Have you tried it? No, and I like could have told you before I like before I would ever buy it. That sounds disgusting. I have had I've had like like I've had vegan cheese. Vegan cheese isn't too bad, but like um like a vegan cheddar and a vegan mozzarella, they're not the cashew whatever disgusting stuff you just um <laughs> described. Um no, but I like literally I would rather suffer sometimes than have not real cheese because um again, that is that is the beauty of not being allergic to it, but just like pretty intolerant. Okay, I just have to say blaze pizza do you know blaze pizza mm -hmm. yeah okay love it love them sponsor us but yeah their vegan cheese is literally tastes like an ass it tastes <laughs> like an animal's ass like it is i remember i was trying to be healthy <laughs> once i did this thing i did this thing called whole 30. oh i've done whole 30. Um, it was a diet okay i actually like whole because 30 though i will say that i really enjoyed it I do too. Well, the reason I did it is because at my old work, everyone in the office did it together. Oh, and fun. like whoever stayed with it until the end, like won. Like, so, you know, so it's like you kind of do it as <laughs> you a group. And like, I like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, it's, it's a cool thing. We do it every January and like we would like start it. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a cool way to like start the year or whatever and doing it with peers. But anyway, yeah, I agree. I was doing Whole30 and I got a healthy like alternative pizza at Blaze Pizza, 
if I could goddamn sue whoever <laughs> created this cheese, I would. It, I'm not kidding. This cheese tasted like a monkey's ass. So if I could just like snowball off of that, Daya, Daya, what, that, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It's so bad. Like I see it in the store and I see people grabbing it. And I'm like, you don't even know. You don't even know how terrible that is. Good luck. Cause it's absolutely horrendous. I think it was Daya. I think it was Daya. Daya. <laughs> <laughs> I want to Daya after eating you. <laughs> Sorry, don't sponsor us, Daya. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely definitely lost that sponsorship. Def- <laughs> yeah, too bad our inbox is flooded. <laughs> but okay, so like my thing on gut health, absolutely what you said. It is connected to everything. Like I earlier this year did like a, a few like really hard months of like clearing out my system, like not detoxing, but just like really being strict with like gluten-free, dairy-free um, lifestyle because really I should be doing it all the time. And let's just be real. I literally have chocolate next to me. But earlier this year, I was really just like, I wanted, I was at home all the time. I was like, I was cooking a lot. I was like, this is a priority for me. I was doing, and I, by the way, I still am. I was doing so well mentally, so well physically. Like my body felt fantastic. I had the energy to work out more. And it was kind of like, yes, this is exactly what it feels like to have full control of a really healthy gut. And I can't say I haven't lost those things. I just said it was more of a priority earlier in the year because I had nothing else to do. But yeah, I think it's crazy cool how your gut can control so much of your body. As I was saying earlier in the episode that like, because I have had gut issues for a while, like I've suffered with IBS and something that's called SIBO, which is um small in- intestine bacterial overgrowth, which probably sounds grosser than it is, but it really just means that you're, you have a hard time digesting food. So what that means is that oftentimes I take digestive enzymes, I take um, lactate pills when I'm having um, dairy products, and then I have, um, what? It's called lactate, is it not? I don't know, but when you say I take, when you say I take lactate pills, it makes me think No, take, get that out of your brain, lactate as in it's like a band-aid for your gut. Aid. I thought you said lactate pills. And no. I was like, does it, is that the opposite? Does no. that like make, like no. produce milk? <laughs> yeah. The opposite of ingesting dairy and not getting sick is producing milk? Uh-huh. No, it's not. No. Let's, let's cross that off the record. It's lactate. And all of my dairy-free friends, you know what this is, and you know it's a, a lifesaver. And then on top of that, it's like gluten-sensitive pills. But anyways, like I literally like go to a restaurant, I pull out my little like thing of things, and I'm just like, what pill am I going to take today? We'll see. Um, but yeah, the, the gut stuff, I, I love the fact that it's become more of a thing now. Um, I love the fact that just, there's just so much more information on what could be wrong with your body. Obviously, don't self-diagnose. Go to your doctor. Go to a dietitian. Go to a naturopath. Go to a nutritionist. And they will tell you so much more about it. They'll probably tell you that you can't eat anything. But it's only a small elimination before you like really realize that like there's just small things that are just not your friend. And that's because our bodies actually aren't meant to process the amount of dairy we put into it. So just a fun fact for you there. Okay, so 
Josh, before we wrap up the episode, I feel like I said this like 15 minutes ago. Sorry, guys. What do you wish <laughs> you could tell yourself about or your younger self about food relationships? I would tell my younger self that like food is not the enemy. You are. <laughs> like You are inflicting this on yourself, not food. But I would say that, you know, and, and this is something I've learned later on is that like I have a wonderful relationship with food because I like to eat. And it's like there are so many incredible things you can cook, ingredients that you can have that are fun and you can like it tastes good. And, you know, that's like a whole other side to relationship with food that we didn't even touch on. Just like the amazing side of food and how food is wonderful and how there's like incredible like cooking shows and all that stuff. But like, you know, I would just tell, I would tell my younger self that like, you know, you're allowed to have those things that you're eating and, you know, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to change your life. It's not, you know, it's not going to ruin your life. Um, I think maintaining a healthy lifestyle is better than like feeling bad about eating something and cutting things out. Yeah. I mean, it's many, many layers to it, but food is great. I love food. Um, and I love cheese not dairy-free cheese, but that is the moral <laughs> of the story. What about you, Jen? What would you tell? Don't eat dairy-free cheese. Um, I don't. Think- oh, no. You know what I would tell her? I would tell her to not fucking go to that Blaze. Don't go to Blaze. And don't do it. Don't don't get the dairy-free cheese at Blaze. Do not eat anyway. anything from Daya because you, you're going to hate yourself. Um, I think I would tell myself is that like, you know, Yes, it's hard to find foods that you can eat. And like, and like, really, this is only like five years ago. But like, five years ago, me be like, I know it's hard to find things that you could eat, but once you find them, you're going to feel so much better. And that don't feel like food is a is a a balance between eating really well and not eating really well. Like, there's like you can mm-hmm. like you know, it's not it's not two sides. It actually can be a perfect balance. And even if it's not perfectly balanced, it does not mean that you're going to gain 50 pounds. It's just that you have to realize that, you know, sometimes you have to prioritize certain things and that, um, you know, if it's a priority to go out for dinner, that's great. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself and that you're eating things that make you feel good because like that is the best way to control your mood is to eat things that make you feel great. So doesn't matter what it is. Uh, well, it probably does, but like, as long as you feel good with what you're eating and you're taking care of yourself and you don't let anyone else tell you otherwise that you should be eating something. I want to like literally tattoo that on my, like my like past self's face. Like, don't worry. Don't let anyone tell you anything about your, your body and what you should be eating because they don't have an opinion that you need to listen to. Um, Amen. And that is the prayer for today. <laughs> I was like, let's finish all of our episodes with an amen. <laughs> an amen. An amen. I hear an amen. Thank you for listening to Influence, a Margot Community Podcast. A special shout out to our team behind Influence. So Joss, our host, Yolanda, our assistant producer, Keisha, our designer, and myself, the executive producer. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform.